Mac. Ladies and gentlemen. And we are back with another episode of Raps Rants, all things Raptors, all things NBA, co-hosted by Philip Marion and Patrick Harris. Good Welcome to be Patrick. back. It's been a while since we did our last one. I'm looking forward to it. Lots to cover. Lots to cover and uh, still insanely negative, but I will get into a few couple things that I saw that I kind of liked, but we'll quickly go over. So last time we spoke... They had the New York Knicks up and coming. So since then, there's been five games, which if you want to look at it, I think that we were expecting or you would want the Raptors to have been at least three and two. Uh, They didn't do that. They went two and three. We're dangerously close after the first quarter against Sacramento going one and four. But so we'll highlight. So beat the Knicks 183. Um, The Knicks had the worst... Worst three-point shooting night in the history of the NBA. and <laughs> So thank you. I uh, lost to New Orleans, 120-116. Lost to Boston, 126-114. That score is not truly showing how bad that game was. I lost to Phoenix, 123-115. That's about right. They made a last-minute run, but ultimately didn't deserve to win that game. Sacramento, big-time coming-out party for majority of the players. Seemed like they got a sense of pride after that first quarter they won 144 to 123 our record is two and six so a couple things to note and we currently sit 13th place in the eastern conference okay (laughs) i will say this some of the teams are starting to come back to reality i think you'll well unfortunately orlando suffered a devastating blow with marco fultz but we'll get we'll get into that later on uh, one thing I'll note, you know, Van Vliet was the high scorer for uh, four out of those five games, and it's very clear that he is earning his money and and he's good at scoring the basketball. 25 points against the Knicks, 27 against New Orleans, 35 against Boston, and he had 34 against Sacramento. He's been playing incredible, Phil. His, uh, his three-point game has been on point. He's been running the – he's been the sort of floor general uh, – incredible doing that incredibly well uh and he's been getting his teammates involved it's been really fun to watch and it's the only silver lining of this season so far you know with all the with all the sub stories about you know pascal siakam or lack of a center um or og not meeting his uh potential it's been great to see fred doing that very good so it makes me happy makes me want to get (laughs) his jersey uh, the, i will say this uh, you know the last one thing that we complained or i complained about immensely was Pascal Siakam and his shooting the three consistently. I, I don't care if you shoot 40%. I don't want to see you shoot eight to nine attempts a night. So he finally, finally got away from that in Phoenix. And he saw like it as a result, shocking. He had 32 points, nine rebounds, high assists. Seemed like his coming out party. And he was 11 of 21 from the field. His free throw shooting was a bit off, but otherwise great night from Pascal. He's always got defensive intensity. I'll never take that away from him. And then Sacramento, you know, from when you look at that game, Norman Powell had a good coming out party that night. Van Vliet was, was excellent. Boucher was a great scorer. We still can't play defense, which is the negative I'll get into, but 
Uh, Siakam wasn't the stellar point scorer, but you know he had 12 assists. He was one rebound shy of a triple double, and his he was uh, he was very efficient. I think he was seven of 13 from the field. He only took a couple of three attempts, or maybe three, something along those lines. But the one thing that was really impressive was his read of double teams, and that's why he had the assists. So he created some very, very easy buckets by being in the post, recognizing the double team, and then actually executing on a pass to somebody who was open instead of forcing up some stupid shots. So let's hope that this is the trend for Pascal. It seemed a lot more confident. Uh, we'll see what happens tonight. I hope so, Phil, because Pascal Siakam um, he had a, he had a, he had a good game against Phoenix. I think we should we should highlight that as well. It was a it was a tough loss, but I thought that was uh, a bit of more of a Pascal coming out party than 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 the game against uh, Sacramento. Um, but I want to take us back to um, to the game against New Orleans because that was really uh, so far this season. That was really rock bottom for me uh, this season. You know, it was a game we absolutely should have won um we lost by four and if you look at siakam's line he only played 24 minutes uh 10 points minus 16 0 for 4 from three uh and only got to the line twice and uh, i i'd like to and and that was the sort of type of performance we've seen from him you know leading up to that game and so i i really hope i really hope that he's turned the page because his game against boston wasn't that much better and i just really hope he's turned the page and now we're gonna see um, the Pascal of old coming back because, you know, regardless of what our record is at the end of this season, if you have guys like Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam playing up to their full potential, you know, we're not going to be able to necessarily compete in the playoffs with a Boston or a Philly. Um, but we're going to be, a, we're going to be still a really fun team to watch. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, we, <laughs> we won the 2019 NBA championship. And so, we can't expect to win it every year, but I just want to I want to look forward to watching Raptors games. I think everyone out there who's a diehard Raptors fan like us, that's all they want. Well, I shouldn't say that. We want to win every game we play, but we're, yeah. we're realistic in knowing that it's we just want to look forward to a game. We want to w- turn on every game knowing that we can be competitive and we can we can put on a good show. Well, that's what I was expecting to start the year. That's why I was giving them so much respect. Well, for that sole factor that there is a well-coached, uh, well-coached organization, and they've got pride and heart and hustle every night, and it just wasn't there. So to see that was alarming and shocking. And you know, Pat, we're we're too lifelong. Like we've been fans since day one, so we know how hard it is one to win an NBA championship, and we have been blessed to go to the playoffs what seven years in a row, longest active streak. So yeah, I just. New Orleans, I hope, was the rock bottom. Like you said, Pascal was god-awful and was the reason we lost that game, especially with the mental errors down the road and the fouls. So he seems to have turned a page. It's what do you think going. of the, you know, against Boston, uh, Phoenix, and Sacramento? We saw a lot of different looks from Nick Nurse, um, and it obviously worked pretty well against uh, against Sacramento. What, do you, what did you make of it? I think, I mean... It's hard to say. I I'm in the. I think he's in desperation mode. That's the only reason you're seeing this, because Aaron Baines has been just brutal, and he hasn't had anything off the bench. Norm Powell hasn't been good, and finally he got a spark from a few players and and some energy, 
So he had to do it. And I don't blame him for trying Len out as a starter against Sacramento because Boucher is, I don't know, maybe it wasn't, uh, it wasn't his time uh, yet. But uh, actually, what do you think about this, Pat? I mean, I, I think Nurses was desperate to do the lineup changes. I'm hoping he can stick to something more consistent. But I do expect Boucher to start tonight based on his performance offensively at the at the most like over over the past three four games so do you think one do you think he starts tonight and two should he as as you know phil i am a big fan of chris boucher's offense uh i think he is a an incredible liability defensively and i think people sometimes confuse his highlight reel blocks which are incredible and i'm not taking anything away from the guy with um an ability to play fundamental defense inside the paint and so I'm always worried about that from him. So I think when we're starting off a game, uh, I think that you want a guy like Aaron Baines, who has, there's no doubt he's struggled mightily this year, but having that big body, who's a bit of a bruiser, who knows where to play, who plays very well positionally, who can get rebounds. I think that's probably still the Raptors best option. And then bringing Boucher in off the bench, who's been providing that incredible spark. Um, and I think that probably will help Nurse managed the matchups better, um, so we'll see. But so I, if it were me, uh, I would I would probably keep him coming off the bench. But you know, it's just one of many reasons why I'm not a coach in the NBA. <laughs> I think he should start, and the one of the reasons is is he is creating enough of a, a dynamic effort on the boards on the offensive end, and he can stretch the floor a touch better. I mean, everybody knows Baines is just hot garbage right now. So it's just, yeah, I, I think you got to keep him in. And then it's a toss up in terms of putting Baines or Lennon off the bench, or you go smaller depending on the scenario. I think tonight's the perfect night for, for Boucher to start and to have a smaller lineup. So we'll see. I expect him to, but I'm also, I think I'm in your camp a bit too, as well, Pat, just from the standpoint of consistency. I mean, you know, at some point, you have to give people – they have to know their roles and they have to be consistent with it. And if someone struggles for a bit, does it mean like, hey, you're, you're toast, like you're not going to play anymore? Is that, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what that does for confidence. But like you said, we're not coach of the year. <laughs> but, I mean, so at the we'll same say. time, uh, you know, Boucher's really young. He's got a lot to learn, and, and maybe he does that. He, he, he has the – like he definitely shows the ability to be a, a great defensive player. He doesn't have the size, like he's got the height, but he, and he's got the wingspan, but he doesn't have the he doesn't have the size to go toe to toe with the Embiid's uh, of the world. Um, but uh, so anyway, like I said, I'd keep him coming in off the bench and and uh, and then just keep grooming him defensively till he gets to that role. He's, I think he, you know, by the end of the season, my hope would be that he would be there. Um, so we'll see. This is what I'm hoping doesn't happen for the Raptors this year. And I'm going to maintain some positive thoughts given the last couple of games in Pascal Siakam because I do think our season lives and dies on on his ability. I think the for anyone who's a baseball fan out there following the our, our amazing Toronto Blue Jays, the 2017 Blue Jays and this year's Raptors, I think, are almost identical. You had... You know, uh, 2015, you had two gr- great years by the Raptors leading up into this year. The Jays, two great years. Each year, they subsequently lost someone big and then just kept losing players and weren't replacing them with high enough caliber 
talent. And that's kind of what's happened with the Raptors. You know, you lost, you know, losing Gasol and Ibaka, as we've said a thousand times, we'll probably say a thousand more times, obviously was how huge it was. And you didn't replace it with enough. And then the Jays, you come into the season, you're like, ah, you know what? They're still pretty good. I mean, they got the core guys. They've locked up Freddie. They've got Pascal. They've got OG now locked up. Lowry's still here. You know, they're competitive. But then you start the season with every possible scenario that could go wrong does go wrong. And that's what happened to the Jays. I think they started out, you know, a lot of people would know, like, hey, you know, you, you don't uh, – you don't win the World Series or get into the playoffs in the first month, but you sure can lose it. So it's the same deal with the Raptors. So these next, I, I expect Nurse to be in desperation mode for the next week um, because you cannot start like two and eight or two and twelve or whatever it is. You, you got they've got to win, and now otherwise the season is over. I don't disagree with you. Um, and what I keep coming back to is I wonder what impact the <clears throat> playing in Tampa Bay is having on the team. I wonder what impact not having a, a home, not being in Toronto, um, what impact that's having on them. I don't know. Um, but my hope is, is that the what we're seeing now is the uh, is sort of the consequence of the chaos that surrounded the team in the lead up to the season. Um, just not having a place to play and trying to figure it out. And I mean, because you got to remember, if you're a player, you got to plan for all that stuff. The stuff we don't see, right? Oh, like, yeah. Think about being in Toronto and having to move to Tampa and start an NBA season like, you know, four weeks later or whatever it is. You got to find a house, you got to find schools, you got to find all these things. And so, um, what I'm hoping is, is that, you know, that's just what we're seeing now is the sort of impacts of that. And once they get into a comfort level with where they are, where they're at in Tampa and with their personal lives, that we'll see, we'll see, we'll see them starting to play a little bit more cohesively. That's my hope. But I agree with you on that. I agree with you on the time to win is now. Yeah. And I think we have, um, I think we have the week to do it. Um, well, here's the other, here's the flip side of this. If they do fail to win and say, we're, say we're like four and 12, you know, by, you know, a week or two from now, you know, maybe this is because of what you just mentioned, Tampa Bay, there's uh, no home court, all the, uh, also the allure of just the warmer weather and being like, yo, Hey, this is the first time I actually can go outside in December uh, or December, January. Um, maybe this is just our year to stink. And, you know, there's been franchises where that's happened before. And uh, <laughs> well, there you go. The Spurs, the Spurs had just one weird off year and they lucked out and got the first overall pick and got Tim Duncan. So maybe we just stink this year. We don't try to stink, but it just happens. You know, it's one of those, we're not at home. We are the most disadvantaged team in the NBA. Just chalk it up at that and hopefully get a dynamic pick to add to the core. So now just quickly, one last thought on that. So if that does happen, here's what as Raptor fans, you need to cheer for is just the continued strength and development of three players and three players only, Fred Van Vliet, Siakam, and OG, Ananobi. So if you see those three start to build and just get more confidence and get back to sort of, especially Siakam and OG, get back to form. Actually, I'll leave OG out. He's not getting back to form. He is what he is. He needs to just improve. Siakam, get back to form. And Van Vliet, just continue. And you can know you can expect 20-plus points from Van Vliet. Very positive. Get a high draft pick. Maybe sign someone good. Great, go on. 
hope for the future. Thoughts? I mean, <laughs> Am I just creating any scenario? To that was a happy? lot to digest. I, listen, I uh, <laughs> what I would rather see them do if um, if if they start going down that road is is to make some trades and 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 basically do what you're saying. Although you know the best, the, what history would tell us is that the Raptors. Uh, having a high draft pick doesn't necessarily equate to success for the Toronto Raptors. Um, the chance, though, right? For sure. Um, but uh, w- yeah, I-, I think that it'll be. Oh man, that's a tough one. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how it all shakes down. I, well, I think, I think it's good. It's going to yeah, be either. No, or. I agree. Um, but I- I'd like to see them. I'm holding out faith. Sorry, I'm. I'm I can't get my thoughts out right now because I'm holding down faith that, you know, we can have a good week this week. We can have a good week next week. We can sort of crawl back to 500, get in the conversation, get into a groove and sort of, you know, as I said on the first episode, stay in that sort of eight to 10 spot, keep competitive and 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 make a run um, to try to get into the playoffs and, and have some fun. You know what? One of the things I was thinking about, though, when we were playing New Orleans um, and Boston, for that matter, is that, you know, we're not Golden State. I get it. But for the last seven years, the Raptors have been going into people's houses and they've been dominating them um, and they've been beating all these teams. And that, like, I got to believe that if you're um, one of these teams, especially some of those subpar Eastern Conference teams that we've really just taken to school for the last, you know, basically last decade, I got to believe that you're just chomping at the bit to get at this sort of weakened Raptors teams. And so, you know, just all these confluence of events aren't, aren't working in our favor right now. But like, I, like you said, the, you know, they seem to put it together on offense at least. What do you, what do you think about that? If we are in a scenario where we really stink by trade deadline, I mean, obviously I think I would think at the very least, Masai is going to be entertaining a lot of ideas and, and trades, especially for one Kyle Lowry. I would love this won't happen, but I would love for it to happen if somehow you got a package, a package of Lowry to the Clippers, get someone like a Zubach and someone else. I don't know, something like that. They're not gonna get rid of they're not gonna give him up, but he seems like he's needed in the Clipper land for some yeah. a little bit more leadership wow. and and a guy who could be off ball, defender, shooter. They'll take your pick, man. Milwaukee. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of teams like there is no shortage of teams that would love to have Kyle Lowry and do if so if the Raptors if the Raptors stink should they trade Lowry absolutely um, there it's like I don't think we should be married to this idea that he needs to retire a Raptor he will he will retire as the greatest Raptor of all time regardless of what jersey he's wearing at the time yeah we absolutely should um, but I think we should you know I just trust Masai to look at whatever holes we have on our team and figure out, you know, what the best, what the best thing to get for him is, but hopefully we don't get like a package Lowry and, and Powell. I think that would be a, or no, you probably have to do Lowry and someone, you know, power forward ish. Maybe, I don't know. Len Baines for some Gatorades uh, and uh, Lowry for, uh, um, yeah. All right. So this week coming up, we got golden state tonight, Portland, Charlotte with a home and away or away and home. So we got three away games next and then home to Charlotte. Uh, I mean, I, once again, I mean, we were talking last week. They, they've got to, they got to win three of those. They got to figure a way. Two and two is not devastating. It's not good, but it's not devastating. 
but one in one in three is unacceptable. Hundred percent. If they do that, if they do one in three, then you're three and nine record wise. That's just that's a pretty steep hill to climb. I think we match up pretty well against all three of these teams. Um, You know, Portland has been a I, I, for the last you know five years, I've really enjoyed watching the Raptors play Portland. Uh, been very yeah, good, been games, good games, so I'm excited about that game to see what see what it is because that's those are the games, especially with the team the way the team's currently constructed. If you look at Golden State, Portland, and Charlotte, it really will become sort of a shootout for the guards. And so the Lowry, it, you know, if Lowry and Van Vliet can really get it going, it could be really fun to watch. And you're obviously playing against you know two of the all time greats and Steph and Dame, and so. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about these games, but I think that I think both the first two games I think are very winnable, um, and then and then Charlotte, you know, I I mean we've seen a lot of them this year, and I think we can compete with them. There's no reason why we. I I think we should win. Here's my thought. I, I think tonight is must win um, because I think Portland is as much as the games have been very good in the past. I think they're going to shred us, and the reason being is we have no interior D. And, you know, if, the, if you focus all your effort on McCollum and, and Lillard and you're going to leave then, people like Nurkic, they're going to just – Nurkic is probably going to go for the 40. You know, it's just – it's one of those – I think it's just – I don't think we match up well with them anymore. I think they're going to kill us. So tonight is a better opportunity, um, especially – I don't know. Maybe Nurse is going to pull out the old bucks and one. Uh, we have a <laughs> rivalry with the Golden State Warriors. Sure. We do. We definitely do. But Charlotte, I think we can beat. Charlotte's definitely improved. Uh, LaMelo, by the way, uh, youngest player in NBA history to have a triple-double last night, which uh, which is incredible. You They're can see his talent. And much we're seeing him brother and that team. Much, he's much better Pardon? than his brother or his father. Correct. Correct. Oh, he's, he's going to be a superstar. You can see it. Um, and we're seeing him early though, which is good. And a team that looks to be getting more confidence. So, uh, get to them. I think you can beat them. Uh, and yeah, I I think there's a good chance. I can't believe I'm even saying this. (laughs) I think there's a good chance they can go three and one. I think, I think uh, I here. I think they can do it, but I think they will go two and two. That's my prediction. It's pretty incredible that we think there's a good chance the Raptors can, in a week, uh, go three and one against uh, three five hundred teams. No, I just I, I have to believe Siakam is is leading me to believe. Yeah. Like I don't mind losing. I don't mind Someone. losing to Boston. I don't mind losing to Phoenix. They're you know they're at the top of their divisions, but. What what is this is it, Phil? This is this why this week is so important to me is because even with this team, like I said, we're not expecting to beat the guys that are going to be top seeds every time we play them, and we expect to beat the teams that really suck, like Sacramento and New York. But it's these it's these borderline teams like like Portland. Is it the game If we yeah. don't win these games, we're going to be bottom feeders, and so yeah, this week is critical, man. Um, very. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, all right. Well, we've got the predictions. I'm going to quickly go into two items that are just frankly unacceptable. And the first one is Kyrie Irving. I can't explain 
how unacceptable he is. I'm only going to bring up this one one time because he can be unacceptable every week, frankly, from his behavior. Uh, so he has decided, based on the recent events at Capitol Hill, that he just doesn't feel like playing. I'm going to leave the sure. politics aside. The reason why I'm going to leave the politics aside and be angry at Kyrie for this and, and call him unacceptable is just the it's just the point it's he's constantly doing this doesn't want attention but at the same time does he's a raging egomaniac he is identical to odell beckham jr who people are like oh i just you just don't really understand him yes i understand him he wants attention and it's unacceptable first fair all right just catching my uh uh, thoughts uh second one is aaron baines and you weren't i wasn't even excited to get you in the first place but now i'm upset that we have you that's how unacceptable you are. You have multiple games in a row of zero points and frankly, not even really getting important fouls. You may as well file out or fight someone at this point just to show we a little flare of fire. We need to see something from him. We have to. And I am, like I, like I said earlier on the call I, or early on the pod, I would still start him. Uh, but he is, I couldn't agree with you more. He's been unacceptable. He's not caring. Flagrant twos need to come out of Aaron Baines. I'd be more, I'd have more respect for him at this yeah, point. Yeah, no, it's been really tough. It's been really tough to watch. Um, yeah, there's nothing else you can really say. It's just been. No, that's my. That's the end of it. There's nothing. And else. so maybe nothing he turns it around. We'll see. I'm hoping. Keep my fingers crossed. Um, but I have. Uh, I've never done this before, Phil. But I have an unacceptable. Go do it. So as uh, frequent listeners of the pod would know, I uh, tend to look at the gambling lines on, on these games. Uh, and earlier this week, I was forced, Las Vegas forced me to do something I've never done before in my life. And that is bet against the Raptors. And I know, I know, I, I, like, I, I never would want to do that. But, and Phil, you... I'd call that acceptable. <laughs> well, I won, but... Here's the thing is that I, I log on in the morning because I'm, I'm checking things out and I log on to the, see what the line is in the, in the Raptors Boston game. And the Raptors are favored by six and a half. And I think I texted you. I was like, what? What the hell is this? Like, how are they favored in this game? And then I was asking a bunch of friends like who, who follow this stuff as well. Like, are they, can they figure out why? And um, the best answer I got was because Marcus Smart and uh, Kemba Walker weren't playing. But like, sure. But Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and like Tristan Thompson, they're all playing. I, I, and they're coming off a of back-to-back. Sure. But like the Raptors haven't shown the world anything. And anyway, the line kept growing. So it didn't shrink. It didn't do what lines normally do, which is come back to earth. It kept growing. And I think it ended at seven. Uh, Raptors favored by seven Boston. And they lost by 12. Um, well, I, I, you know, a mu- our, our mutual friend and point guard on our basketball team, uh, JB's often done this where he'll bet against the team he wants to win because his theory is if I lose my bet, it means my team is won. But if my team loses, at least I'll win the bet and it'll be some solace. So I've always laughed at him for that, but I did it and, uh, I won the bet. But, uh, just before this, we, we logged on tonight, I looked at the, the line and the Raptors in Golden State with Steph Curry playing hotter than he's played, obviously in two years, and the Raptors are favored by two and a half on, on like the third game of a road swing. Like, how are they favored? This is crazy. <laughs> anyway, for anyone saying that the Raptors never get any I, respect, listen, we just talked about this as a must-win game, and so I'm not going to touch it. But like, 
if I like the peop, the odds makers in Vegas and the big betters must be looking at this thinking like, what the hell is wrong with the odds makers? Do they just not follow the Raptors? Like, are, are we just not good enough for you guys to pay that much attention to? Because these lines are crazy and unacceptable. All right. That was a good segment. Hopefully we have so, less, what about, less and less to talk about on this segment of the show in uh, in future pods. Let's hope. I, I, I'm not I'm not optimistic about that. But next thing, any um, anything around the NBA surprising you? Not surprising. Not su- well, it's not surprising. James Harden hasn't moved. Not surprising that uh, that uh, we still haven't really heard anything about that. Um, but I am uh, I am a little surprised at the at their start of three and four. I thought Houston would be I thought Houston would be doing a lot better. Um, but I'm sure they'll they'll pick it up. Um, and then the other thing th- that's it has, hasn't surprised me, but I've been really happy to see is just the reemergence of Steph Curry. Like first couple of games, rough for him. Yeah. But okay. you know, Golden State strung it together, and he went off for sixty. He followed it up with a good performance. I think he was like thirty four. He's been shooting really well, and I just I've always lo- been a big Steph Curry fan, and so I really like to see that. And the Warriors are are five and four, and they're they're putting together a good season. Um, I think they got a lot of good pieces on that team, so I wasn't expecting them to be like they were last year. And so I was just really happy to see that for Steph. Um, uh, what about you? Uh, I'll have to say, I mean, uh, a, a pleasant surprise. I've actually never really been a Chris Paul fan, and um, I think over the years, though, I've started to like him just because he's been the ultimate professional in his scenarios. You know, he gets packaged up and traded to OKC and he doesn't, you know, cry or whine about it. He goes in there and he turns them into a very, very talented team. And one that was fun to watch and went to game seven against a good Houston team. And then this year he's now in Phoenix. And this is a guy who's at the end of his career with no ring, hasn't even been to a championship and he still just doesn't complain. And Phoenix is seven and three. And I think people were expecting them to, with his addition, them to be a playoff team, but for them to be sitting at the you know top of the Western Conference, I think is a bit of a surprise. So, a pleasant one. I'll um, I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind Phoenix. Uh, and another one would be. Well, let me just take a look here. I'm surprised that Miami's four and four. I'm surprised that. Well, I'm surprised that Cleveland's five hundred. And you know who else I'm a bit surprised about on a negative side? I mean, you added Jeremy Grant to a Pistons team, which was it's got some decent talent, and they're two and eight. Like they're just really, really struggling. And they they lost again today to Utah Jazz. So like they're 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 surprising. So the one thing the one thing I will say uh, about Cleveland because I've been paying attention to that as well um, is you know it was the uh, the Hornets. The Pistons, uh, the Embiidless Cavalier, or the Embiidless Seventy Sixers, um, the, the easy schedule basically. essentially yeah. Hawks, and then they they beat the Magic twice without. Also, the Hawks are. I think Trey Young has also been a disappointment this year to start. And what's interesting, I've been checking his box scores, and he's really Did not shooting. Four, they must be. They must which, be what? Because they started four and zero oh, or four and one. Yeah, and they've lost four in a row. And he's like not being the impactful player that I thought he was going to be. He started out with a bang. I think he like huge first game. 
but he's he's not shooting well they've from tried, distance. They tried to put some pieces and around him, but it hasn't it hasn't seemed to it hasn't seemed to might take a bit of time to Yeah, I listen, I always look at the Hawks. Like they remember they had that one season and they had Teague and uh, a couple of Oh, Demari Carroll, yeah, Paul Millsap, exactly. and they put, I think they they either came first or second. Got they were, they were in the playoffs, and I've always just viewed the Hawks as one of those teams that you know, it's probably what a lot of people thought of the Raptors for the first like fifteen years of their existence. Oh, that's exactly what everyone thought of the Raptors. But I never think I haven't taken the Hawks seriously in so long. Even when they were that good for that one season, I didn't take them seriously, and. Well, because they didn't, they were identical to the Raptors that year. They didn't have a, they didn't have a superstar. Um, so you, you had a collection of guys that were for one season playing really well, and then you get, yeah, they actually did. But I'll, I'll correct you on this: they didn't just go to the playoffs. They made it to the conference finals, and they, they were a, um, you know, Damari Carroll. There was the Del Vadova scandal where he, Del Vadova is very good to roll at rolling into people's knees. When they were on the ground or ankles. And so there was a big thing like Damari Carroll got injured and he was playing his best basketball then. Yeah, and then, you know, he subsequently got significantly yeah, overpaid he by the he Raptors. He certainly played better than that. he did when he came to. Well, he was never the same after that. After that injury, he was never the same. And it was uh, so th- that was their year to do anything somewhat special. But um, yeah, you're right. They're the same team. But this year I thought would be different because Trey Young is a star. That guy is a potential superstar. And so that just makes the dynamic that much better if you surround him with the right pieces. And it's just surprising they've, they're so, playing with this. So. I, one other thing, Phil, uh, COVID obviously is going to be the underlying uh, storyline this entire year. And um, I just I saw a tweet. It's not funny, obviously, but it's kind of funny. That was like basically listed the entire Boston Celtics team. And was like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Tristan Thompson, like all these players were not playing tonight um, due to uh, due to COVID protocol. And I think they ended up canceling the game. And I I think I'm right about that. I'll just I'll just do a quick check. Well, Philly, aren't they also yep. a scenario? Um, but I, I believe they canceled the Celtics game, and so yeah, postponed. They're playing the Heat tonight, and they've had, ended up postponing it because I think the Celtics literally had like four people <laughs> available to play that's like those it's like those rec league games we play when we have a couple players that are late and we got to start the t- start the game with four players like it's just uh it, it's going to be really yeah i don't think the nba no, certainly not that. um and you know how embarrassing would it be if the raptors had that against boston and still lost um but it's it's going to be really interesting to see as covid rages because it's obviously you know it's continuing to to grow and grow and grow um it's going to be interesting to see how that impacts the season um we're seeing it in obviously you see it in football uh most sports have done it have done it pretty well um anyway just a, just a thought it's, it's going to be at a certain point the way it's going it's getting impossible to manage with any certainty um they did an extremely good job in the summer all organizations pretty much did except for baseball initially was terrible when you had like the whole miami marlins yeah. team go down it, baseball but, was the one that you know, it, looked really suspect at the beginning but then really yeah, because they actually had travel, right? So each other, other parts are really bubble oriented and did a great job. I don't know; it just leads you to believe. Um, I mean, if it gets that, if it gets worse, do you think there's a chance at bubble two point I think they should. Well, I I don't know, but I, I think they should technically. I, I, I really would. think they should. 
players would probably it'll depend on it'll obviously depend on the what COVID's like in in sort of may june but they should definitely think about it i'm sure they i'm sure the nba's got that as a backup plan if needed i'm sure they're ready to do but it's going to be crazy crazy to see and um all right here let's end on this prediction for score wise tonight i'm gonna go 126 actually wait, wait 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 before you go What's the? Do you know the over on points tonight for tonight's game? Over under? Uh, yeah, I do. It is um, the uh, Raptors two thirty three and a half. Two thirty three and a half. I, I'd be. I'd take the over. Yeah, I would. on that. And I think it's going to be Toronto winning one thirty to one twenty five. Yeah, I was going to go. Uh, I was going to go one twenty six to one eighteen. We're both in the same sort of neighborhood. Uh, I don't think the Raptors can't play D anymore, so that's that's why I'm going with that. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see their favorite, for God's sakes, against best, one of the best players in the history. And guess what? So what was the line again? What was Two and a half. What was the spread? Oh, okay. So I'd have the Raptors beat it. All right. All right. There we go. There you have it. Until next week, signing off.